It's great to have you back with In Retrospect. This is episode 18, Wonder Woman, an interview with Heather Anderson. If you didn't know Heather's backstory, you would simply see her as an optimistic, cheerful person. But in this episode, she shares with us some very personal experiences that have forged a character of steel. So whoever you are and wherever you are, at the gym or in the car, let's look at her life in retrospect. Okay, so you're really going to make me look stupid. Behind closed doors, it was awful. He, he was awful. I don't have bacteria in my mouth. <laughs> my mouth is clean. Like if I could be a, an MMA fighter, I would. I'm scared. You can have a really, really hard life and still be a really happy upbeat person. Here we are in what I call the Yorkshire studio, Heather, because we live on Yorkshire court. (laughs) Yorkshire studio. And I have, uh, we have here today, Heather Anderson. So welcome. Thank you. And um, you didn't really know what you were getting into. So thanks for, uh, you didn't volunteer, but thanks for saying yes. No problem. So to start things off, um, let me just give a short bio uh, from what you sh- uh, sent me. So Heather was born to Al and Elise mm-hmm. Sigmund in Payson, Utah. And she has four sisters and one brother. She graduated high school in 1989. I don't know what school. Orem High. Orem High. Mm-hmm. That's where Mary graduated. Did yeah. you know that? You knew that probably. Yeah, but I think she's a lot younger than I am. Or quite a... Not too much, probably. We won't get into... Okay, we won't get into ages. So she was... I think she graduated in 95. Or anyway, she has lived in Utah her entire life. She said boo to boo. that. Boo, yeah. Um, we'll talk more about that. She went to makeup artistry school mm-hmm. and is a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. She um, and her husband, Jeff, have been married for 28 years. And they're the parents of two girls and two boys. Yep. So that is extremely short uh, bio. So the first two things I want to talk about is I almost thought about canceling this podcast because of a couple of your answers. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. One of them was a nuanced question I asked, which was, on a scale of 1 to 14, how much do you love peanut butter? And you put 1. Only if it's in a Reese's peanut butter cup. That's the only way I'll eat it. Okay, that was the first red flag that <laughs> what's going on there <laughs> peanut butter is like <laughs> yuck i hate it how is it hate i guess you just don't i don't like know it. i think probably because i had to eat it a lot when i was younger because it was probably cheap uh-huh. but uh, i just don't like it i don't enjoy it okay so i guess you're you're right there up there with mary she hates peanut butter also see so i guess you can't be that bad the second thing was um the, another flaw I was trying to ignore was movies. You said, I really don't like movies. What's going on with that? <laughs> no movies? No, I, I like going to the movies. The problem is is that my husband could go to a, a movie and then go to another movie right after and another, do it all day long if he, yeah. if he could. Uh-huh. And so I just 
get really bored sitting there in movies after movies after movies. Do you have any favorites? Any that you, gosh, the, moved you to tears or you just like loved or you could have watched over and over again? That's one thing that I won't do is I won't watch a movie over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, I've done it maybe a handful of times and one of the times has been The Quiet Place that just came out. Well, it came out a couple months oh, ago. The Quiet Place. Not The Safe Place. or The Quiet Place. The Quiet Place. It's about... What's it about? It it's like familiar. a really intense movie. It's not a horror movie, uh-huh. but they don't talk in the movie. So the movie theater where you're sitting is completely uh-huh. silent. Like if you have popcorn, uh-huh. you have to suck it. You can't chew it uh-huh. or else you'll disturb people because it's a quiet. You haven't seen it? It's really good. Are you talk- you're not talking about the artist, the movie, the silent picture movie? No. Okay. I'll have to check this out. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Huh. You could take your kids to go see it if they could handle intense stuff. Maybe like a one-sentence summary of it? Perfect. Oh. I thought it was perfect. It got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Why haven't I heard of it? Okay. I don't know. I think you're the only one in the world that hasn't heard of it. (laughs) I may have vaguely heard about it. (laughs) Okay, so... Okay, so you don't totally hate movies. I'll have to... I don't have to... um, My favorite date night would not to be to go to a movie. That would be my husband's favorite date night. What would be your... My favorite date night would be to go to Tsunami and sit and talk. Okay, we got to talk about that too. That was interesting. So you said your favorite restaurants... um, to me, it seemed like polar opposites. <laughs> one of them was like GI nuclear waste, and the other one was like this. <laughs> sicko You're talking si- about Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah. So you said like my favorite restaurants. That's I felt like it was saying like your favorite cars are like a Pinto and a Ferrari. That's right. <laughs> it's like Taco Bell, nuclear waste, basically. No, it's so good. <laughs> I read an article that they tried to put Taco Bell in Mexico and it failed. I could see that. <laughs> uh, and then your other one was Tsunami. This mm-hmm. really like nice Asian restaurant. I got some sushi from there once. Yeah. It's my it's one of my favorite restaurants. Huh. But Taco Bell to me is just a staple in my life. Like if we went out to eat when I was younger, it was to Taco Bell. Okay. Because that's what my parents could afford. And you still love it. And I just still love it. Yeah. My family all hates it except uh-huh. for me. <laughs> nice. So you don't eat peanut butter, but you'll eat Taco Bell. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I used to, I think I used to like it, but now it's not worth the heartburn. So I don't get heartburn, but if I got heartburn, I probably would stop you eating it. You would get it there. A yeah. um, couple things I meant to ask you was, or that I wanted to ask if you wanted to talk about was the adoption story of your kiddos. Mm-hmm. Mary was like, you should for sure ask her about that. Okay. You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we have two biological children, uh-huh. and their ages right now are aged 27 and 25. I've seen them kind of from the sidelines. I haven't really met them. Yeah, yeah. they're both married. Uh-huh. And um, after I had my daughter, I had to have an emergency hysterectomy. Oh. And that was really devastating. And it was... Jeff and I just thought, okay, well, this is it. We're done. We'll just raise these two kids. But as time went on, I just kept on thinking, you know, I'm going to be an empty nester really early in Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So um, when I had my hysterectomy, I was 23. So that is really young. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you you almost died? um, No. Okay. No. um, But I had had problems since I was 14. Okay. And so they uh-huh. just basically were just trying. I only had one ovary. They were just uh-huh. trying to 
keep me going so I could have kids, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just lucky that I had the two that I did. So okay. Okay. Then so nine years later, it took Jeff and I nine years to come on the same page. Mm. Whereas I would be ready for adoption, he wouldn't be ready. He uh-huh. would be ready, I wouldn't be ready. Uh-huh. So nine years later, we decided that one day I would call an agency and just get some information. Mm -hmm. So I called, and it was a Friday, and they said, can you come up tomorrow? We have four babies that need to be adopted. And I I was, like, confused for a second. Like, do you mean you you actually have the babies? Oh. I mean, where are the babies? Are, Are they born? And she's like, no, we have four babies that are in foster care. Oh. That need to be adopted. So we went up, all four of us, me and Jeff and Mitchell and Alex, and they put pictures in front of us. And then they asked us, do you guys want to go in separate rooms and read the bios about all these kids? And so we decided that we would do that. So Mitchell and Alex went into a separate room and Jeff and I went into a separate room. So we had all of their pictures and all of their information. And we read them. Your kids were like 10 years old at this point. Yeah. 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 And then we came together and we put all the pictures out on the table and we all picked Olivia. Huh. So she, we knew she was part of our family. And it, it was funny how we all kind of came to that decision separately. separately. Yeah. Huh. So the funny thing is, is that we had planned a big Disney cruise. And so we were leaving like in a couple of days to go on this cruise. I didn't think it would happen this fast. Yeah. So we decided to go on the cruise because they had to do our background check and everything. So we we went, and it was an awesome cruise, but horrible at the same time because all I could think about is when I go home, I'm going to have this baby, and I have nothing ready for this baby. Right, you had like the nesting instinct like yes. on steroids all of yes. a sudden. Huh. So we got home on a Sunday, and we got her on Monday. Oh, my gosh. It went so fast, and it was Awesome. It was amazing. We went to the agency. We picked her up. and How old was she? She was a month old. Okay. And she'd been living with a foster family that whole entire time. Here in Utah? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the agency that we went through, they bring the pregnant mothers to Utah because Utah has the strictest adoption laws for adoptive parents. Oh. So they only have 24 hours to change their mind. Where in other states, they have 72, 48 hours. It, It just varies. Yeah. So we got her, and it was awesome, and we loved it. And I was driving up to Salt Lake a couple of years later, and I just got this really distinct impression that I needed to adopt again, and I was not happy about it. Uh-huh. But it just would not leave me. And so I called Jeff, and he's like, I've been thinking the same thing, but I didn't dare say anything yeah. to you. So we once again put our name in the pool for this adoption agency. It was a different agency, and we got called a couple of days later that a mom had picked us from New Jersey. And um, she was eight months pregnant, and he was born on January 5th, and we flew out there um, right after. Well, let me back up a little bit. Sure. She told us that Sean was a boy, was a girl, because I didn't want to adopt a boy. I only wanted to adopt another girl. Oh. I didn't want a boy. Just. My oldest boy was a real handful, and so I just had this idea that boys were awful. Uh Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Yeah, we got all um, ready for this girl. We painted the nursery, had her name, which was Sydney. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So when we got the call that that he, she slash she was born, they said your baby's born, but the problem is, is that it's a boy. I'm like, well, I don't want a boy. Mm. And they said, well, you have um, like 
four or five hours to decide because there's another family that wants to take him. Hmm. So that was really hard. We did a lot of praying really fast, and Jeff's parents came over and um, talked to us about it. And Jeff's dad is an amazing man, and he said, you know, this is your baby. You need to go get him. So we packed up our bags and got on the next flight and went over there and mm, got in. Jersey, yeah. The part of the conditions that Sean's mom had was when I first walked into the hospital room, she wanted to watch me. Uh, she wanted to observe me with Sean for a half hour before mm. she signed any paperwork, mm. which really made me nervous. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. She wanted to see if I could change a diaper, if I, I could just... swaddle. I mean, it was it was yeah. weird. Yeah. So I, before we went into her hospital room, um, Jeff and I said a prayer. And again, I got that really distinct feeling that as soon as you go into that room, you go straight to Caroline, which was the mom. Hmm. And I did. I went straight to her and I actually got in bed with her. Hmm. And I just held her and she held me and we just cried. I didn't even look at Sean. Jeff went straight to Sean. Yeah. And we really bonded. And we, I was there for a good 15 minutes and just crying, not saying much. And then I went over and I held Sean and she signed Utah law. And so she only had 24 hours to change her mind. And it, we stay, we had, we were kept in New Jersey for 10 days cause they can keep you as long as they want before they can take, before they sign the paperwork for you to go the state of any state. Oh, New Jersey. Uh huh. So we were there for 10 days and then we were able to come home and He's but probably been the biggest blessing to every single person in our family. Hmm. He's he's awesome. Why is that? I know I've met him. <laughs> I can tell. He's just the kindest, most sincere person I've ever met. And mm-hmm. he's only 12, mm-hmm. but he came that way. He's been like that way since hmm. the day we saw him. He's He made our family complete, and I know that's kind of cliche to say, uh-huh. but he really made our family complete. And I don't know what I would do if I would have not had him if mm-hmm. i would have said no i don't mm-hmm. want a boy so how interesting how old was olivia then she was three okay and how have your older kids bonded with these other you know with sean and olivia it's just immediate immediate yeah 100 percent immediate they mm-hmm. um it's really nice to have alex and mitchell because they are just another set of eyes and ears for us. And mm-hmm. especially with Olivia, if there's something she can't tell Jeff and I, she'll go straight to Sean, I mean, to um, yeah. Alex and Mitchell, uh-huh. which I love that oh, she has that. Yeah. that, that she can go to them. Yeah, and they're, yeah. I mean, they're, they're... We're a tight family. They're great kids. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like, thing that you've learned that you'd pass on to other people who wanted to ad- who want to adopt or are wondering if they should adopt or I mean I know it's totally personal you can't no. yeah um the thing that I th- maybe this is kind of hard to say but this is how I truly feel when people say to me oh I want to adopt because I don't want to carry a baby or I don't want I want to adopt because I don't want to get fat I mean I've had ladies say that to me huh. and that really bothers me because mm. if you can have your own children have your own children mm. but Adoption comes with its own problems, and it's it's hard. It's hard, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And as long as you go into it knowing that there's going to be problems, of course, the abandonment issues that these kids go through of why did my parents not uh-huh. want to keep me. Mm-hmm. Both Sean and Olivia have older siblings that their parents kept but didn't keep them, yeah. and that's been hard. Right. 
for them, and they're black in a white community. Uh-huh. And luckily, both of them are really, really secure in who they are, uh-huh. and so they really haven't had an issue that much, but I know other parents that have adopted African-American that their kids really have an issue with it, uh-huh. um, being in a white community. Sure. And, yeah. But I can tell you, whenever we go someplace where it's primarily you know, black or African-American, um, my kids love it. They love it. Yeah, I mean, no matter if you were if, uh, Chinese or if you were, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's the root, you know, roots, you know, a lot of your roots. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I, would, I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh-huh. I just, people think adoption's easy, and it's not easy. I guess you, when you have your own kids, they come with their own problems. When you have yeah. adoption, they come with their own problems. Yeah, distinct. Just, yeah. Sure. This kind of, you talked a lot in your answers to me about like um, there was a lot of theme of like survivorship or like huh, you said like um, what would be the name of your biography autobiography you said surviving and coming out on top and then later on earlier you said like don't let people beat you down and tell you what you can and cannot do and then there was more of this there was like um, coming out on top, living anyway. Living did, in fear. Where does all that come from? Are, it sound, from this, it sounds like you grew up in like Auschwitz or something. <laughs> I did. I grew up in the hood of Orem, Utah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just came from a really rough family. I think we. I'm the youngest of six uh-huh. or of five, and um, my dad was a really rough dad. He was very physically abusive and emotionally abusive, and. It was hard. It was hard living with him. And, you know, we, when he came home from work, we'd have to be sitting on the couch with our arms folded and all of our chores done. Mm. So when he came in, he would inspect our chores, meaning mm-hmm. sometimes he would rub his hand across the top of the fridge, and mm-hmm. if there was any dust, we would get a whipping. Mm. And I'm not talking, you know, with, I'm talking with his belt buckle. Yeah. On a bare butt. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was really hard. It was hard because he would never let friends into the house because they were too dirty. And he didn't want his house to be dirty. Hmm. Um, we were, when we left our house, we were always like that perfect Mormon family. Yeah. And, but behind closed doors, it was awful. He, Gosh. He was awful. That is survivorship. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Interesting. So, so what, um, so I guess that explains this statement the day that i moved out of my house was the best day in my life and it was the day i graduated from high school i never looked back yeah my mom was so mad but i had a girlfriend that came met me at the house after graduation and we packed up my stuff and i moved out and moved in with her in an apartment and never went back never barely went back i mean i they i took them i took jeff back for them to meet jeff sure um much later but other than that I never... Why would you want to? Yeah, yeah, never had the desire to go back. What's gotten you through that? Well... I mean, you never fully leave it. It's always going to be part of kind of what you, what made you who you are. Yeah. What were some of the... I mean, moving out, for sure. How did you survive emotionally? You're... The little I know of you, you're really upbeat, optimistic, appearing... How did you well, maintain if that? you really want me to tell you the truth, 
it would be back up. Um, so my dad was awful, but I was also um, sexually abused by my brother mm-hmm. growing up. And he's five years older than I am. And that was survival too. So it was, it was good for me to leave that house. It was good for me to never look back. And actually, it was good that I met Jeff because he got me through a lot of that, mm. a lot of that. You know, I hate myself. I'm so mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Jeff came from a family, literally a perfect family, and where his mom stayed home. You know, she didn't work, and she had dinner ready for the kids all the time. And yeah, you know, his dad was a doctor. And but it wasn't just on the surface. It wasn't on the surface. I mean, they were they were a perfect. In my mind, they're a perfect family. Right. Like something just that I would salt love. of the earth. Yeah, bedrock people. So I kept a lot of things hidden from Jeff when we were first married. I uh-huh. kept the abuse hidden from him uh-huh. because I didn't think he'd want to marry me because right. I wasn't perfect. And so it was probably maybe six months into our marriage before I told him everything. And I really expected him to hit me. I braced myself for that because I was used to that. And he didn't. He just, he literally just dropped to his knees and cried and said, I will never leave you. You are my wife. And no matter how hard this gets, I'm with you. I'm here. And that was the first healing thing for me is that I knew that he would never leave me, that he would always be there for me. From a man. Mm hmm. Yeah. You had such a horrible, two, at least, at least two horrible portrayals of manhood. Yeah, and I dated a guy in high school that was very um, physically abusive too. It's like they—it's like I just—they attract. I was attracted yep. to them; they were attracted to me, and so that's all I knew of men. It was yes. pain. Uh huh. So Jeff is not like that at all. Some of these things are. Um, I mean, a good spouse. I'm just so happy for you that yeah. you found Jeff. That in the end, you weren't attracted to that same sort of person in your marriage. I mean, how did you, I guess maybe you wouldn't be able to explain it, how you weren't, you know, how did you break out of that? So I was engaged to this guy that, that um, I dated in high school and I worked at a restaurant and Jeff was my boss. And um, one day he just asked me, do you want to go out with me? And I was just, no, you know, you're not the type of guy that I would date and I'm engaged. And Why did you say that? Why did you say that? Because he was just nice and I don't know. Yeah? Too nice. Maybe you didn't feel like you deserved it subconsciously yeah. or something. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. He was my boss. That's weird. <laughs> so um, eventually I said yes and I went out with him. <laughs> and people just die whenever I say this. But I went out with him and on our first date we talked about marriage and in two weeks, he asked me to marry him. So I called off my engagement from yeah. the first guy. Yeah. And um, three months later, we were married. And we've been married for 28 years. So it's it was meant to be. It was meant to be. So you found an amazingly good man. And something within you knew that you were worth that. You were worth far more than you even could fathom. And something within you, I don't know, ignited that, yeah, there was something better. Yeah. Some better. And that's not every the case with everyone who goes through abuse. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff and I went through really hard times. I mean, our marriage sure. hasn't been perfect. And when um, we were first married, 
all this gain, uh, all this um, guilt that I felt mm-hmm. about everything. I had an eating disorder. Uh-huh. I mean, I was severely anorexic, and you know, I think at my lowest, I think when I delivered Alex, I was 117 pounds, mm-hmm. and um, that was just a way for me to control everything. Yes, and then there was no place for me to go to get treatment. So that's why Jeff started the Center for Change. Hmm. Tell me about that. I have no idea what that is. So the Center for Change is a hospital that caters to girls that have eating disorders, Uh anorexia and bulimia. Where is this? It's in Orem. Uh It's in North Orem, right on the border of Linden. Linden, uh And it's a 54-bed facility. It didn't start out like that. I think it started with 20 beds, and then we've added on. Yeah. And it's been going for 24 years. It's been up and running. The, and you call it a hospital. Yeah, it's a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. So it's a full-blown hospital, which has a full um, accredited high school. So kids that are in high school uh-huh. can come and do school and graduate from there. We have a principal. So it's it's pretty amazing place for people to come. What's it called again? Center for Change. And where, they, where would anyone search about it? Just type Just, that in? Yeah, centerforchange.com. Huh. Yeah. And are you involved in that personally? I used to be really involved uh-huh. in it um, when we first started, but then I just slowly kind of backed off once uh-huh. there got we started getting so many employees and yeah. so much stuff was going on, so I'm not as involved in it anymore. Did you ever share your story with anyone? Yes. With, I went on the speaking yeah. route for the center. That's how I was involved. Uh-huh. So I would go uh-huh. and share my story, and then Desert Book caught whiff of it, and Back in the day, they made a cassette tape of my story and sold it at Desert Book for a while. Huh, no kidding. Yeah, I think it was called The Lord Looketh Upon the Heart or something. So, huh. yeah. Someone was I, looking out for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. My gosh, that's really amazing. Uh, and it, is he, is Jeff doing that full time? Mm-hmm. He does that full time. Okay. So he is the business part of it, and his yeah. partners were the um, therapists. Okay. So there was five of them, and then Jeff ran the business. Psychologists so, and psychiatrists, mm-hmm. medical doctors, uh-huh. everything. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what you do every day? You said that you love your work. You're a makeup artist. Yeah. So walk me through your typical day. As a makeup artist or yeah. as a mom? you just like, oh, uh, I mean, makeup artist. Let's talk about that for a second. So, what, like, what somebody do, just can often? hire me, yeah. and I don't advertise. I'm just by word of mouth. And, uh-huh. like, for instance, Saturday, I had a bride, and I went up to her and did her whole bridal party. Um, but, you know, it took me six hours to do it. And I just do their makeup. I do their uh-huh. hair, too. I'll uh-huh. do their hair. Uh, but it's... I don't know. It's fun. It just is a really creative outlet for me. And I think in my mind, I see everything in color. Um, I see how colors can blend and mix and kind of like an artist. But if you were to put a canvas in front of me, I couldn't paint. Uh It has to be a face in front of me and then I can Uh paint it. Uh So I do a lot of um, classes where I teach women how to put on makeup and um, the correct way. And um, I do a lot of um, like photo shoots and magazine huh. covers and just word of mouth. Yeah. And you went to, where was your makeup artistry, artistry, artistry school? Um, Taylor Andrews in Orem. Okay. It's a hair school, but they yeah. have a section that's just for makeup artistry. Okay. 
And how long of a program is that? Six weeks. Oh, no So kidding. just a really easy one. But you have to test out of it. And if you don't um, test well, then you aren't really hireable. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh-huh. And you, was this like right out of high school? No. 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 Um, it was... So I've been doing makeup forever, uh-huh. but I've had my certification for about 12 years. But you don't cut hair? No. Okay. I style hair, but I don't cut hair. Okay. That's fun. Well, that goes along with something you said. Your motto was like, um, I know you could just say it, but nice girls are the most beautiful girls. So I thought that was interesting. I said, but my comment was, but you're a makeup artist. Like what is this? What do you mean by this? Because you're so you can, you're you're doing makeup. Yeah, you can do makeup on anybody and make them look good. But as soon as they open their mouth and ugly things come out, they're just ugly. Hmm. Do you, you just do uh-huh. you? No matter how pretty they are on the outside, if things that they say and the way that they present themselves is ugly, then they're just ugly especially to me. If they take an Ambien, especially. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that recently. No, I oh. haven't. Okay. The Roseanne show, the Roseanne bar show. Okay. No, but my husband said that her show was canceled because something she said. She said something really ugly and she said, oh, it was when I was on my Ambien. So oh. that's kind of the new tag that I'm thinking. My Ambien maybe did. Um, so like for instance, yeah. I did a bride once and she was really pretty girl and she yelled at everybody the whole entire day. Uh-huh. She yelled at her mom and cussed her out and told her how horrible she was. She yelled at her bridesmaid. She yelled at her dad. She yelled at everybody. She fired the hair lady right there on the spot. And to me, I'm just like, she is not pretty at all to me. She may be pretty on the outside, right? but she is not pretty. Not what you want to emulate. Yeah. I just really, really love women that are nice to other women because we're always so mean to each other and i just can't stand that i just mm-hmm. it just really bothers me because we should you know pull together and band together and no doubt help life's each other h- life's hard enough without unnecessarily yeah. drama yeah well speaking of drama we're gonna do your quiz okay <laughs> i'm scared <laughs> you should be <laughs> It's time for Two Minutes of Glory, the game where our guests answer questions from the subjects they love best. Okay, so I'm doing an experiment with you. <laughs> so normally I um normally my quiz is based on things that like you answer in here, like makeup or you were graduated in 1989 or whatever, and I just hit a huge writer's block. I could not think up a quiz for you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. So I'm going to do this. The quiz that I'm going to do is the opposite of what we normally do. Okay. It's so normally you have two minutes to get 10 questions right, and you earn that mug. Okay. I'm excited. I want the mug. Good. Um, but I'm, I'm going to do things different this time. I'm going to your quiz is on Sweden. <laughs> something completely absolutely random okay i can tell you right now i'm gonna fail i know nothing about sweden exactly but um <laughs> you're setting me up <laughs> no but the thing is if you get two questions right then you win the mug 
Okay, so you're really going to make me look stupid. <laughs> no, no. I think you'll know more than you think. Okay, let's do it. I just tried to pick the most random thing. And if you get two, que- two questions right, then you win the quiz. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to experiment with you, <laughs> but I had to change things up a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right, let me set my timer here. Could it not have been about like I know Germany or I know, Switzerland? I know. It's just Sweden. I don't know. Sorry for um just I had to do something different. I could not find any good questions about makeup. And I'd already used a lot about nineteen eighty nine. So I could think of a bazillion good questions about makeup. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let you... me give you a quiz. <laughs> okay. Here, okay, so we'll do it like this. If um you quiz me <laughs> after I quiz you. Okay. Okay, sounds good. So we're gonna start here <clears throat> and some of these are multiple choice. Okay. So I'll give them to you if you need it. Okay. All right. Your two minutes, and I'm so sorry, starts right now. Okay. What is the capital of Sweden? Stockholm. Okay. I'm going to click on this. This is an online quiz. What type of government does Sweden have? Representative democracy, constitutional monarchy, or federal constitutional republic? B. B. Okay. Uh, Sweden borders Norway and what other country? have no idea. Okay. What famous Swedish scientist invented dynamite? There's a yearly prize in the arts and sciences that people receive in his name, his last name. It starts with an N. Newberry? And it rhymes with Bobel. Nobel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Nobel Prize. What are the two colors of the Swedish flag? Blue. Uh-huh. And yellow. Okay, I'm clicking on that. And we're going to go over this. What major Swedish furniture company was founded by... Ikea. Ikea. Woohoo, I got there that one. Go. And what is the currency of Sweden? Is it the krona, the euro, the lira, or the pound? I say A. Krona, okay. Um, and what sea borders Sweden to the east? Uh, is it the North Sea, the Swedish Sea, the Baltic, or the Scandinavian? Okay, so I want to say Scandinavian, Scandinavian, but I want to say Baltic too. Which one? Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Okay, so I'm going to pause your quiz now because that's it. We're at the end of it. Did I get two right? We'll see. I'm going to submit this. And submit answers. Capital of Sweden. Correct. Stockholm. And you got the monarchy correct. And you got Nobel right. And you got blue and yellow for the flag. And Ikea. And the Corona. I am awesome. (laughs) I am awesome. It was the Scandinavian Sea. Okay. So you got one. I thought it was. One, two, three, four. Didn't I say Scandinavian Sea? Didn't I say that? Oh, maybe I, I did because I said because oh. I said I think it's Scandinavian, but I want to say Baltic. But you said pick one. I said Scandinavian, and I wrote Baltic. Whoops. I got it right. Nice. So you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven right. Here you go. Sweet. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> nice mug. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. See, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know more about Sweden. We know more about Sweden, yeah.
Remember my daughter is one of my daughter's favorite places in the world. My what? oldest daughter. Has she been there? Uh-huh. Why did she go there? Just random? She taught English in Russia for four months, and they got to travel a lot. And um, Sweden was one of the places that she got to go. That's cool. Yeah. You haven't been there? No. Gosh. Well, you can... The go. only place that I've been out of the country is Japan. Yeah. And why did you go well, there? Mexico. My sister lived in Japan. Uh-huh. So my husband and I thought, this is perfect time to go over there. So it was amazing. I could live in Tokyo. I loved it so huh. much. Isn't it, doesn't it just look like every other big city? No. No? Because it's spotless, clean, and uh, huh. the cars, the, their um, cement trucks actually are Tonka, look like Tonka trucks, like toy Tonka trucks. Uh-huh. Everything's like little. And then um, everybody wears like the drivers and the construction people wear white gloves. Nobody ever touches you. Nobody ever wants to hug you. They just want to bow. And uh-huh. if you, you never touch exchange um, money, they put it on a tray and give it to you and you put your money on a tray and give it to them. Huh. You go into restaurants and you take off your shoes. It's an amazing. I love it. I just, I love it. And it's so safe. Huh. It's like one of the safest places. It, you climbed Mount Fuji? I did. Was that like really hard compared to these other mountains around here? It was hard in the fact that um, we started and it was warm because we were there in August uh-huh. and it was warm and then it got slate and then raining and then slate and then snow and then um, sunny again. So it was all different kind of weather types and you're just walking on straight lava rock all the way up. There's not like some nice trail? No. Huh. No, and then there's like little stations that you stop at along the way, and they'll um, burn a symbol into your stick, your walking stick. And so I think that there's, if I'm correct, if I remember, there's 12 stations. And so people will stop and sleep in the stations so because they can't make it up Mount Fuji in one day, and we did it in one day, huh. up and back in one day. It was oh, awesome. Wow. Um, hey, okay, so just randomness. Uh, I guess most people brush their teeth after breakfast. Mary thinks I'm so weird because I brush my teeth before I eat breakfast when I wake up. Don't you think about like all the nighttime like yuck in your mouth going down your swallowing that with your breakfast? Well, when you eat breakfast, it's yuck too. What do you mean? So if you get up and brush your teeth and eat breakfast, your teeth are yucky after eating breakfast. Yeah, but at least you're not swallowing all the bacteria. From I don't have bacteria in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth is clean. Nice. I go to bed brushing my teeth and I wake up. Yeah, I if I brushed my teeth when I woke up in the morning and ate breakfast, I would have to brush my teeth again. Because uh-huh. <laughs> you have cornflakes in your yeah, teeth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm just the weird one, I guess. Uh, so interrupt me if there's something that you are just like dying to talk about. But I've got a list here. Okay. Never get sucked into a multi-level, what's it called? Multi-level cells. Yeah. Sales, not cells. I'm turning into Utah. Um, epic fails, you said. So before my mission, my story for that is... Um, a certain person that she'll be 
I guess remain anonymous, had a, a gold multi-level sales presentation. And I was so, I, I mean, I was so naive. Like, I was so pumped up. Like, oh my gosh, look at the potential. I can do this. <laughs> like, if I get blah, 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 you know, eight people underneath me, I'll be making $10,000 a month. Yeah. You know, like, I, I left there like, I'm going to sell gold coins. Like, that was going to be my profession <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh and i'm sure it worked out for some people but tell me why you think that was an epic fail doing multi-level sales well for me i mean you always see those people that are high and multi-level that talk to you about how great and easy and wonderful it is and i just think for me every time i've tried it which has only been a couple of times uh, i feel like i'm using my friends mm to Mm -hmm. sell something and that when I talk to my friends that's what I need to talk to them about and or you're using your family to you know further better yourself in this multi-level scheme but I just have found that it just doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. some people yes it works for but it doesn't work for me I don't like to talk to people about that kind of stuff yeah you start to view people around you as assets yes and could, you can't help it. Right. I Maybe some people can help it. But, it, yeah, you hate oh, – when or when someone talks to you and you know they're talking to you about something, they're getting to a point and it's like, just say what you want yeah, to say, you know? Yeah, spit it out. Yeah, it, it interferes with your relationships. Yeah. So I just stare I clear agree. of them 100%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dang it. I had this really good Swedish <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> what that level thing I was gonna I was gonna pitch to you tonight. Okay, we'll forget about that. Okay. Um okay, what else? There are some other crazy things. You lost your crystals at Lagoon twice. Yeah, Lagoon dude. is a okay. rec- is a amusement park yeah. for those who don't know. You should know what your inner crystals are being a doctor. Oh, I thought you meant your like ring, like no. it fell off your ring. My inner crystals in my ear. <laughs> yes, your calcium you, crystals. You know what those are. Yes, I've lost. I lost them one time at Lagoon, and um, I just thought, and I don't get sick on rides. Uh-huh. So when I got off the ride and I just threw up and threw up, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't even lift my head up. Yeah, my chest hurt so bad for some reason. I think I pulled From all vomiting. the muscles and. Yeah. Um, Jeff kept on saying to me, open your eyes. And so every time I opened my eyes, I would throw up. But my eyes were like, sorry, yeah, like bouncing. Spinning. Yeah, nystagmus. Yeah. So they called 911 because they thought I was having a stroke. stroke. And so they took me to the hospital and the ER doctor, first of all, just gave me medicine to get me to stop throwing up. Right. And then he did a whole bunch of series of movements with my head and my yep. body. And I could seriously feel them go back into place. Yeah. And I felt great. Yeah. I went back to Lagoon. You went back. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year, because we always go on Memorial Day, the next year I went on a different ride. Yeah. And we were upside down and I felt them move. And I just was trying to talk myself out of throwing up, but I actually threw up on the ride. And they couldn't get me off fast enough. And once they got me off, I couldn't even open my eyes because of the bouncing. Uh-huh. And so my son, Mitchell, um, just picked me up and took me straight to first day, took me straight to our car and my husband took me to the ER same doctor 
same no ER, <laughs> same nurse. And um, they're like, um, they're ma'am, like, yeah, welcome back. A year you want to stop going to the lagoon, maybe? Yeah. So he came in and he did his whole thing and it was great. And then he said, don't go on anything that goes backwards, upside down. Anything yeah. forward motion, upside down, you're fine. Don't go on anything backwards. So I've stayed away from everything backwards, upside down, and I've been fine. Huh. But it was awful. Yeah. Because I did not know what was going on with me. Yeah. And I knew it just wasn't motion sickness. Yeah. So have you ever seen anybody in the air with that? Uh, all the time. All the time? Yeah. Yeah, so... Not from Lagoon. Sometimes they'll just wake up with it. Yeah. Get out of bed and it'll just hit Happen. Them. So I think that happened to me not too long ago. I got out of bed and I felt them kind of shift. Um, but I went back to bed and I kind of moved my head around like they told me to. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And I felt them move back in. Just shaking the rocks in your head. Yeah. The crystals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was picturing you were talking about losing your wedding ring or, no. or something. Did you know one time Mary was going around with her siblings just around Orem Provo and she looked down and her wedding the diamond was off of her wedding ring she had gone to like they'd been all over four or five different places did she cry she's like it's gone and Justin Jackson our brother-in-law just took off he's he just like felt all of a sudden he knew exactly where it was isn't that weird yeah did he find it he went in to Deseret Industries, they had gone there for some reason, walked around, and found it right on the ground. Isn't that weird? Of all yeah. the places they went. Yeah. That's what I was and picturing. It was, and it was still sitting there. Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought you lost your diamond twice at Lagoon. No. It was my husband would have killed me. Your inner crystal. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you ever see that movie, The Dark Crystal, by Jim Henson? Mm-mm. Okay, don't watch it. Okay. It's kind of freaky. Uh, you said that a successful life looked like well-adjusted, kind, happy kids that take care of themselves when they leave the house. So, like, how do you define well-adjusted? First of all, about adjustments, are you cold? Are you fine? Or do you need to stand up? No, I'm up? totally fine. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Um, how do you define well-adjusted kids? Well, I think every parent has a different idea of well-adjusted. So I don't want to offend anybody but in my house a well-adjusted kid is somebody that never has to come back and live in my house after they've left after they've been married um i've actually told my older kids that are married you cannot come back and live here but if you need help financially we will help you but um i like for instance my daughter she's 25 she's graduated from college debt-free and she graduated in statistics with a minor in math. And um, she just knew what she had to do. And Jeff and I told her when she went to college that we would pay the first year. Uh-huh. The second year, she had to pay college. We would pay room and board. And the third year, she was on her own. Got it. So we kind of just slowly eased her eased into, into it. Yeah. But I wanted that her. seems like a good pattern. Yeah. I wanted her to really not take it for granted Uh and I've seen a lot of my friends kids that their parents pay for college completely take it for granted it's just a party time for sure yeah so she took it serious and she worked all summer worked hard and just knew exactly how much money she had to have and then during school she would work some too she took you know tutoring jobs all that kind of stuff and my son when he came home from his mission he lived at home for about 
two weeks. Yeah. Moved out, got a car, uh, uh-huh. you know, was going to college. I just, I just want them to be good citizens too. Does that make sense? Right. I just want them to contribute. And I think right now, both of my two older kids are doing amazingly well. Uh-huh. So for anyone that's like, gasping like oh my gosh that seems so cruel like have your kids resented that no and they have actually come back and thanked jeff and i for it and you know i'm a true dr laura listener do you know who dr laura is i do know wait okay hold on dr laura is the one that's like she's kind of mean yeah i've never listened to her the true but it go ahead so she's mean uh-huh. Well, she okay. She's, she's mean not or mean. Is she candid. She's very blunt, and yes. she'll just tell you how it is. And to be mean or just to help, actually. just to help. That's and sometimes I, yeah. she has to be kind of mean to kind of smack people upside the sure. head. But um, she calls them snowflakes. I don't know where she gets that term, uh-huh. a snowflake. But I don't want my kids to be snowflakes. I don't. My, when my two older kids are called millennial kids, they get furious. They are furious because they do not feel like they're millennials at all, because uh-huh. they don't act like them. Uh-huh. And I hope that with Sean and Olivia, we're on the same path with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes people, or I've had over the years, when we've met, like if we met with financial planners or whatever about retirement, and they're talking about okay, how much are you going to need for your kid's college and stuff? And I've always, Mary and I have always looked at them like, I'm still trying to pay off med school. Why would I pay yeah. for my kid's college? Yeah. I, no one helped me right. with that. And so I am with you 100% on that. That's really cool. And there's grants that they can get. Like my son has gotten grants. Um, he, he definitely is not, um, you know, because he served a two-year mission, sure. so he is two years behind. Yeah, uh, but in schooling, but he he's doing great. He's doing it, and mm-hmm. he's making it work. He and his wife are making it work. And there are so many ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. They've had to give up some things. They've had to Absolutely. sell sell a car because it was you know yeah. too much for them. But they did it, Absolutely. and they just you know it was hard, but they did it, and I think that they feel better about themselves now that they can absolutely financially provide for themselves. I think that's awesome. I don't know. I think I came from a home where I never once asked my parents for money. Mm-hmm. I was never given money. I started working when I was 14. And um, so... What did you do when you were 14? It's there hard was to a, get a job when you There 14. was a guy in our neighborhood that made knee braces. Uh-huh. And so I would go in and um, put the screws in after school in these knee braces. Okay. And then I got a job at 15 at the mall at the Tiffin Room at ZCMI. It used to be a restaurant okay. at the top of ZCMI. Uh-huh. And I was a waitress all through high school. Yeah. There. And just paid my way. Right. I bought my own car. Didn't have to have a co-signer. Um, I, d- I was not about to ask my dad to no. be a co-signer. And made the payments. I just... I guess I'm just fiercely independent. And I want my kids to be that way. Sure. Right. You can, and that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, but you, I also, you can't ask for help. Or, right. Yeah. Right. I also know that I could have never gone to my parents and asked for help because they would have told me no. But I want my kids to know that they can come to us and ask us right. for help. Right. Right. Because we won't ever say no to help them. But sure. Never move back home.
You dreamed of being an FBI agent when you were little? Yes. I want, still want to. I want to be a sharpshooter. I would love just to... Can I say it? I would just love to shoot somebody. <laughs> that was bad. I don't know. Just those... those, Just those... To save a life. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. To save a life. To save a life. Um, I've always wanted to be an FBI agent. I always wanted to be a criminal profiler. All of that just intrigues me so much, but... I also know from my past that I can't handle that kind of stuff either. So it, a lot of things like, do you ever watch Criminal Minds? No, I don't like that. So I used to watch that, but I get yeah. such horrible night terrors. Yep. I had to just stop watching yep. it. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. I just, when I see women, okay, let's say Wonder Woman, the yeah. movie, Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Seriously. Did you like that? Yeah. If I could be her. I'm sure there are very few women who didn't like that movie yeah <laughs> i liked it a lot yeah i thought it was i mean it was interesting how it came out in this momentum this like snowball mo- movement where so many women were coming out and saying we've had enough of this harassment we've had enough of-. and it and it was that year that wonder woman came out yeah i mean I thought that was an amazing sort of coincidence, yeah. like snowball momentum. Like, I don't know. That was so, cool. Yeah, I really like to fight. Like if I could be a, an MMA fighter, I would. Jeff uh-huh. would never let me. But I really like to fight. Like I will wrestle with my nephews and just – I can really take them down. Uh-huh. So I may look little, but I'm very strong. Well, I think I, I, I could defend think, myself. I don't think I'm going to mess with you. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, Mary has a dream. Her dream is, to, sorry, Mary. Her dream is, she said she, what she wants to do more than anything else is to have someone have a gun against her and she hits their hand on the ground. It makes the gun fall out of their hand. See? <laughs> and I think, I think women think about that. <laughs> I think they do. I, I think when I'm out running, I always am in the back of my mind of if somebody came up behind yeah. me, how would I get out of this? Yeah. And I have a whole plan in my mind, so don't ever come up behind me. Maybe that's, I was going to say, like, that's part of why I don't like scary movies. I don't mind an intense movie like The Fugitive or Indiana Jones or stuff like that. But when it's, like, scary or, you know, like you're saying, criminal minds, I have a really sensitive mind and I will have, my dreams will be disturbed. And I watched Stranger Things with Brayden. I watched the first episode. (laughs) And it wasn't scary. It was just like, I don't know. It was just like, eh, yeah, it's just too just much. Just not for you. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So on there, you, on my question that I think that you kind of, you you were going to ask me why I said boo to living in Utah. Uh-huh. Yeah, why? So I love Utah. I think Utah is so diverse in all the things that we can do, all the seasons we have. I love Utah, but I also would love to experience life outside of Utah. Just to live in a place where, you know, things are different. And uh-huh. I'm not bashing Utah because I love it here. Right. But I just want right. different experiences as well. So there's forty nine other states to choose from in a whole world. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we're stuck here because my husband's company's sure. here. Yeah. So eventually it will happen. We travel a lot, but I'd like to live somewhere different. Uh huh. Do you well Sweden? Sweden. There you go. Now you can. (laughs) Ireland is where I want to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've been there. No, I haven't. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I think I would just fit right in. 
I think I look Irish. Well, I am Irish. Oh, yeah, you've got the red hair. Mm-hmm. Your eyes are blue? Green. Okay, I can't tell from here. Yeah. I know. It's like there's so many cool places that you can live. It's almost overwhelming sometimes. It's like we lived in Des Moines. We lived in Detroit. We lived in Richmond, Virginia. And it's almost like mind-blowing a little bit. Like, gosh, there's so many cool places you could live. So. Well, was there anything else that I skipped that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. I just wanted to make sure people didn't think I was like, boo, Utah. I hate Utah because I don't. Utah. It's an amazing place to live. Yeah. You and your boo live in Utah (laughs) is what you were trying to say. You and Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Anything else we want to say while we're still recording? You have the mic. Kind of no, your summary really. message to any listeners. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just think that, you know, you can have a really, really hard life and still be a really happy, upbeat person and not let things beat you down. And I just feel like that's been my whole life. I've chosen to be a happy person. I've chosen to be... Um, a positive person, even though I haven't had a positive life. And I think everybody can do that. I think it's a choice that you make. Does that make sense? Right. And it sounds like you surround, began to surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. Which is huge. Once you had the freedom to leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess that is huge. I guess, you know, people, that is a choice too, who to surround yourself with. Because if you've had a hard upbringing a lot of people stay with that hard upbringing mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives so i guess you you're right that's a really good perspective of surrounding yourself with positive people case in point <laughs> it's nice to be around you tonight thanks for sharing your stuff is very very personal appreciate it yeah no problem i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as it was a pleasure for me to be a part of it thank you heather for taking uh, the time and for being real with the questions that were asked and I hope that someone was uplifted by it I was I was really impacted by the story and message of your life if this did anything positive for you please share it with someone who may enjoy it or be helped by it you can find us on Instagram or Facebook searching in retrospect podcast and you can also see pictures of our guests with links to things they're involved in on inretrospectpodcast.blogspot.com. Until next time, this is Kendall Thurman. May light and peace ever grow in your life. May your socks be dry and unholy. And may all your cinnamon rolls be slightly overdone. See ya.